Hello? Hello, JP. Do you like scary movies? Yeah, this is the Horror Obsessor Podcast. Of course I like scary movies. Who's this? This is your co-host, John. I don't even know what voice I'm doing anymore. <laughs> wow, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, at least uh, make myself laugh, right? <laughs> yeah, we tried. You know, the worst that could happen is we make fools of ourselves and everybody hates us. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's I mean, the society know. we live in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back to the Horror Obsessive Podcast, everyone. <laughs> I am Sean Parker, and with me, as always, is my co-host, lovable co-host, JP. <laughs> How's it going, Sean? And he- hello, everybody, too listening to us how's your week going jp uh pretty good pretty good um well two weeks yeah, yeah it's been that, pretty good yeah that's true last two <laughs> well i was just asking you about this week but you know we oh, can go back another week i mean why not you know it's been good <laughs> um i finally uh jumped on the last of us train yeah how you liking that. it it's good um i have my issues with it I don't think it's quite as good as a lot of people are saying it is. Um, there well, did some you play episodes... the game at all? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Well, um, that, that, I think that's your issue right there. So. It, it could be. It, it could be, although whenever you adapt something into a movie or TV show, you should never make being familiar with the source material a prerequisite for, for enjoying it. Oh, I agree with you, but I don't think it. I don't think it relies on that too heavily. I think I think it does a really good job of standing on its own two legs, and I think oh, of that course, that's of why course. I think it's the best video game adaptation that we've had to date. Oh, hands down, hands yeah. down. The I I mean I have the only issue that I really have with it is that there's not like there's no zombies in it, <laughs> like realistically. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I I think that the story is so dread ridden. Uh, that it's it's kind of okay, especially in in a horror aspect. And I like the sort of give and take uh, aspect of that. That's how life is, you know. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to mm-hmm. give too much away in case anybody out there hasn't seen it and is hoping to see right, it. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I like that aspect of it. That you know, it's it's very much about grief and and becoming your own person, and that everything dies and and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, it, it's. It's really good. Um, I, you know, I, for anybody who hasn't seen, I definitely recommend it. Um, you know, there are things about it I don't like, um, but you know, nothing's perfect. And on the whole, yeah, really good. Really happy with it so far. What about you? So, have, have, oh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say we didn't even intro the movie that we're watching this week, <laughs> except for the fact of my my stupid little. Uh, <laughs> Thing. Yeah, so uh, we should probably tell everybody. Hey, yeah, you know it's Scream Week, and uh, yeah. we're we're gonna review Scream Five for you. But you probably saw that on the the podcast list when you decided to listen to us. So hopefully, you know what you're in for. Um, but so I wanted to ask you too, um, Scream Six. Well, you, you when are you go? I'm going tomorrow at like five thirty in the afternoon. I'm gonna, yeah, uh, me too. I'm going yeah. tomorrow at five thirty. Sweet. Yeah, I right. can't so wait. So we like right when you get out, I'll be the same time I get out. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You just be yeah, texting yeah. me. Oh, oh no, Ghostface. <laughs> Not in that voice, 
but yes. <laughs> I think it's going to be in that voice. I mean, if that's how you want to read, if that's how you want to read my, you know, what I write, sure. It's how I read everybody's texts. Yes. I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know. But yeah, I'm right, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, super excited for this. Um, I'm a huge Scream I, fan. Same. So, uh, I yeah. I love the Scream series. Uh, even even the even this last one that we're going to talk about today, and we'll, we'll get to that shortly. Um. You did ask me a question though about what I've been watching. Uh, I what the jeez? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I kind of took a break this week. I kind of went. I kind of started watching Your Honor with uh, Brian Cranston on Showtime. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I just I kind of got into that. I, I'm almost all caught up in the second season and uh, right before the finale. So. Uh, that's good for me. I also, uh, one of the movies I did watch this week and I thought was really interesting, uh, was it's a movie called curfew and it stars, uh, Oh, what is her name? Kylie Kyle, uh, from Halloween. She, uh, she's in Halloween. She's in Halloween ends too. Um, I can't think of her last name now. Who, who does she play in the movie? When the Hall- or in the Halloween movies, uh, she plays the kid in the original one. She uh, so there's there's Tommy Doyle and and her and I can't think oh, of, I can't uh, think of her name. I, I don't I don't know her name off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah. So she's she was the only like person I recognized in the movie. I, I got this movie from Vinegar Syndrome, and uh, it, it was so, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> um, so it's it's really a movie about like the it's a home invasion movie but at the same time like when i was watching that there was some things in it that reminded me of like the original scream i was like oh williamson must have seen this because even like uh you know going down the stairs as opposed to up the stairs that scene in the original scream where she does that is almost Mm -hmm. the exact same in this movie and there's even another scene later that i kind of i kind of took the same thing it's uh yeah like i said it's a home invasion movie about two guys that uh break out of prison and, and, you know, go wild on the people that put them behind bars. Hmm. But okay. Yeah. It ends, they end up in her house. Her, I think her father is a judge. No, not a judge. Uh, the district attorney. And he's, uh, you know, they tie them all up or whatever. She plays the, you know, the, the coy card with one of the, them tries to turn them against each other. The, you know, the whole rigmarole of mm-hmm. uh, things mm-hmm. that we've seen a million times. But yeah, there were a couple of there were a couple of cool scenes in it that I really liked, uh, and I definitely saw some scream in it. And I, I thought I'd tell you about that one anyway. So, all right, cool. What about on on Hobbs? You seen anything on Hobbs recently? That uh... yeah, yeah. So there's some interesting stuff. Um, uh, so I um, yeah, about two weeks ago, uh, I did a, a ranking of all the scream movies, uh, one through five, and um, once I see six, I'm gonna add that to the list as well uh, so you guys can check that out um if you want the definitive 100 percent objective ranking of the movies in the franchise um let's see uh jay uh did a cocaine bear review um did you see cocaine bear i have not yet no mm, it's good it's good i saw it um it, I mean, it's it's exactly what you would expect from the name, you know, from the title. It it's stupid, <laughs> but it's awesomely stupid. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what's funny about it is, so today I, I got a somebody sent me a, a tweet of a New York Post article that uh, said, um, "Woke fans don't 
don't think their kids should see cocaine bear. And I was like, the, the hell does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, this is the New York Post, man. It's just it's all garbage anyway. But it's uh woke fans don't think that I, I have. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me. Uh, how does that work? I, I got it. And I just I could not stop laughing because I was like, this is where we're at. Where a movie about a cocaine bear is, has become a political thing. Right? I mean, everything's political these days, you know. Uh, woke moviegoers say cocaine bear, not for kids, encourages drugs. That's the, I mean, <laughs> that's what the, the tweet says. <laughs> yes, the R-rated cocaine the bear. R-rated is not film, cocaine bear, is not for kids. <laughs> I mean, you know, in this case, the wokies are right. I guess. <laughs> well, you know what? I that's the thing is, I I think I think that there's some sort of like hatred toward like towards like whatever they think wokeism is i you mm-hmm. know i always saw it as you know social injustice crowd right um mm-hmm. you know just saying hey you know what that's not right maybe try something different you know and mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's one side attacking the other all the time so it's just it's all <laughs> bs um Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so that was, I haven't seen Cocaine Bear yet to answer your question. I would like to. <laughs> I will not be bringing any children. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, but but yeah, no, I, I, I had a ton of fun with it. Uh, and, you know, Jay wrote a, a good review of it up on the website. Uh, so check that out. Um, one more thing to highlight is um, about a but over a week ago, uh, Dean wrote an article called or Dean. Uh, yeah, Dean Delp wrote an article called "Vintage Horror and What to Do When You Aren't Scared." Um, it's an interesting article about how to how to watch horror movies that don't scare you anymore. You know, kind of like you know what to do when it, it's not effective anymore. Um, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything he wrote in there but it's an interesting read so uh I'd, I'd i'd recommend checking that one out yeah no i you know what i i kind of get what he's what he's saying but i think there's a mm-hmm. lot of nostalgia in, in those movies too like even i think i can have fun with a lot of those movies like i see him talking about uh, dr caligari in, in the, uh, mm-hmm. the haunting of hill house and stuff like that and yeah, you know what? Now they're a little bit more goofy than they were back when they first premiered or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. hell, I, I'll even put in like, does the thing actually scare me anymore? Probably not. I actually look forward no. to, to the scenes that I, I love from that film. But yeah, it's I, I think you, it just translates in a different way. And mm-hmm. I have yeah. like, I, and I, th- I think that's the thing with us because we're we're critics and we analyze a lot of this stuff. When I see a movie for the first time, I kind of judge it just based on, you know, what I'm seeing and what I expect an audience is going to react to or, or see, right? And then mm-hmm. the next time I see it, um, it, whether, you know, it's usually a movie I liked if I'm seeing it again. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to, you know, make myself suffer through too many bad things, though. Though I will tell you, I watched I watched this movie, The Halfway House, last week from, it was a Severin movie. And that mm. I, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I'll grab this. And it was pretty much, it, I mean, it was close enough to softcore porn, but <laughs> it, was, okay. it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, definitely, like, I'm probably not going to watch that movie again. That's fine. Um, all right, all right. But 
for movies that I will watch on a second or third time through, I, I get something different from them. I'm I'm analyzing something else. I'm looking at a character. I'm looking at uh, two characters or like the interaction between them. I'm looking for thematic moves or mm-hmm. even if a movie just beguiles me, like uh, I last week, last time we spoke, we were talking about uh, we were talking with uh, K11 and we brought up Antichrist. That mm-hmm. movie is beguiling to me. Um and yeah, I have seen it. I actually have seen that movie more than once. But I probably got more out of it the second time that I saw it because I wasn't looking at it as a first-time viewer. All right? And mm-hmm. like I'm I definitely saw more cinematography and uh fantastic shots and and of course picking up on more of the themes and a lot more of the <laughs> under just like disguised misogyny and things like that, that were in the movie. And yeah. So like, I think that there's a lot more that you can do with, with horror than just be scared with it. And uh, oh, that's, totally, totally. that's sort of like, I, I agree with Dean on that. And I think that, you know, I've, I haven't read this whole piece, but mm-hmm. um, now I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an interesting one to check out. Like I said, you know, I don't, I don't agree with everything you said in there, but definitely kind of the, you know, his, his main point that you don't need to be scared by something to enjoy it is something I definitely agree with. You know, I think most horror fans should, or we should agree with that. Because there's more to horror than just being scared, like you said, you know? Yeah, actually well, good I, storytelling, good filmmaking, and all that stuff. There's also, like, societal elements, political elements, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There, there's a whole lot more yeah, yeah. to this genre than you know, some guy that kills people, right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, that sounds like an awesome article. I'll probably sit down and read the rest of that. Dean's got some great ideas, man. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what about you? Anything you'd like to highlight on the website? Um, I have been so busy. Uh, I, I can tell you what I did mostly. I, I really haven't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Before. the, the, uh, have a nice death uh, video game is coming out on March 22nd. I wrote up a little, you know, trailer piece for them. They actually, there's a new trailer now too, but right before they go live and, and bring every, you know, bring the game out. It looks pretty cool. Uh, sort of Metroidvania esque uh, hack and slash uh, with a lot of like little like tongue in cheek death elements. And I, you know, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. So I might be end up checking that out. Um, okay. I watched spoonful of sugar on, uh, Shutter? Uh, Shutter. Uh, and yeah, I, I how's that? For the, I really liked it. Um, okay. I, I, it's been getting a lot of like negative attention, but I saw it as a callback to like so many of my favorite adult thrillers, like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and um, The Fatal Attraction and things like that, that I I couldn't help but just like it. It's just, <laughs> it's just okay. fun for me. Okay. Uh, and I think that if people remember those movies, they're going to get a lot more out of it. I think they're really going to enjoy it. And um, yeah, if you don't remember those movies, people are on the other side of that are going to be like, oh, it's like a Lifetime movie. And I was like, it's so much better than a Lifetime movie. <laughs> hmm. um, all right. All right. Interesting. Yep. And um, what I, I think um, A Hunter Kill Her from uh, the, uh, Bronson. I saw that back yeah, in, yeah. in, I saw that almost a year ago at uh, Chattanooga Film Festival. Uh, hmm. And like, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I it sort of, I, it was more a middle of the road than I wanted it to be. 
little predictable. Okay. You know what's going on the entire time, but there's a lot of fun there too. So I would, I would, I'd say check that out too. Oh, um, you saw Unwelcome though. And oh, I wanted to yeah, ask yeah. you about that. What do you want to ask me about? <laughs> was it like, it looked incredible. <laughs> I, and I just want to know what you thought of it. Yeah, no, I, um, I really liked it. Um, I think it has two, the, the, the two lead characters are excellent. I love them from pretty much the very first, the very first frame of the movie. Um, it, I thought the monsters were pretty cool. Um, it, it's just a, it's, it's a fun folk horror creature feature, you know? Um, it, it, it the story kind of goes in a direction that I wasn't entirely expecting, um, at least not from the basic premise. I mean, it kind of telegraphs it a bit, you know, like, well, what, what, like when you're watching the movie, you know, you, you can figure out what's going to happen before it actually happens, but it's different from what you expect going in. And so I, I appreciated that. You know, it's, it's not just the same old, same old that we've seen a million times. Um, and it, it's, it's good. It's really good. Um, I, I definitely recommend it. You know, I, I, I waited like a year to see this movie. It was supposed to come out last year initially. Yeah. I, I then it remember. got taken off the on, release schedule. Yeah. I had it on a list. I did, I did uh, a write up the October before of, of yeah, like yeah. stuff to look out for in the coming year. Mm. And, and um, yeah, it, just, just it, it, for some, and I to this day I still don't know why they took it off the release schedule. Um, but you know, I, I it, it was it was worth the wait for me. Um, I I really liked it. Good. That's I mean that's all that counts. Yeah. yeah all right, yeah. we should start getting into the scream stuff. We we'll get, totally already, should. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be an extended episode for us anyway. I think we're going right. to get into some real stuff right. here. So let's do it. All right. All right. So, Sean. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so, what's this movie? Oh, oh I thought you were going to ask. <laughs> um, all right. So, Scream 5 is, or Scream 2022, because we're being meta, and this movie likes to, to do that, and there's a few things on that end that uh, come out later on. Anyway, Scream 2022 it follows... Uh, Sam Carpenter. I guess we should start off with her sister, Tara, though, who gets stabbed a billion times. It's also the first movie. It's also the first screen movie where someone doesn't get killed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And um, yep. I, I think that that, that is very special. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Tara goes through the, um, like always, uh, cold open, I guess you'd call it, yep. of a uh, slasher yep. scene. And uh, it, it forces Sam Carpenter to come back to Woodsboro after having found out that her father is dun, 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 Billy Loomis, uh, the original one of the original killers from the first Scream film uh, or stab film, if we're being, <laughs> being super meta. Um, so it forces her to come back. Uh, she gets involved with Tara's friends and uh, pretty soon they figure out that there's you know, Ghostface is back. There's obviously a revival of the stab films coming. And uh, that's, that's why she's there. So she starts looking to, uh, for help and going to deputy Dewey or deputy (laughs) Riley, I suppose, if we're being courteous. Well, Uh, retired. Deputy. Yeah, who I was getting there. No, retired sheriff. Because remember, he was sheriff in number four. I know, but he was originally known as deputy Dewey. 
right? right. But he, but so he, he sheriff became he sheriff. Him. He retired. He was forced to retire, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So they go to him. He's a broken down old man, and uh, yeah. So he starts to help them uh, fight this new threat, and. Mm-hmm he brings back all the old characters with them. Um, So yeah, that's, uh, that's basically, I mean, we're going to get into the weeds here about everything else that happens with the film, but that's pretty much the setup and the the plot synopsis there. It's just basic scream rules after that. Mm -hmm. Only it's requel rules. I, that hurt, that hurt me to say requel rules. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of, uh, instead of uh, original, uh, instead of scream rules 90s <laughs> and 80s slashers rules <laughs> yeah with every with every new entry in the scream series we get new rules so <laughs> yeah yeah all, all right. right so you mentioned uh the opening scene and i think yeah that'd be a great place to start discussing um like you said it's the only scream movie uh, that doesn't start with a kill. Well, well, well I mean, it kind of does, but it's well, the only it has one the where scene. It, the, the sequence right, right. exists, but it just right. does not end in a kill. It's right. I kind of I kind of love that about it because oh, it's, it's great. It's great. It, yeah, it kind of yeah. makes the movie its own right from the start. And you know, even mm-hmm. though it's doing all the same things that we expect a scream movie to do, it's still a little bit original enough to to mm-hmm. you know give yeah, you that. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. uh, it is, it's, it's a good, I think this movie is well-written. I think that that's mm-hmm. uh, one of the things Definitely. that I really say. I, th- I think it's really well-written, even though like sometimes in it, I'm kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, that that's every movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I suppose that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Jenna Ortega, you know, she's, she's the one who plays Tara, who's, you know, in this opening yeah. scene. Um, I think she's great in this movie. Just not just I was going to say, scene, so that's funny that we agree on something. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. I think Jenna Ortega, uh, really, realistically, and this is for me too, is because I didn't know who she was before this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then this came out, and then I saw X, and, you know, it sort of, like, I was like, oh, okay. Jenna Ortega's just in everything horror-related now. Yeah. And uh, fine by me. Uh, I also, I, I happened to be on her IMDP page, and I looked at, it has her birth year on there and i was like oh my god that's the same year i graduated high school i felt so freaking old last night when i read that um she's, so she's really young she is she, i'm like I, I was just like oh my god um mm-hmm. it just took me back i felt very i felt very old yeah, yeah um, she, she's like 20 or something right uh I maybe 21 now, well, but yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, I just went, I was just like, Oh, Oh, I am, I am old. It happened. Yes, I don't know what it happened, but it happened, JP. Um, <laughs> I know all about that. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about one thing. Like, so for me, a screen movie always starts with the, the phone, you know, sort of the phone ringing like the, well, at least the first screen movie. Right. Starts with the phone mm-hmm. ringing, and then that Dimension logo like pops up, right? And like you hear this, you hear the ringing over the Dimension logo. And I feel like when, not that Dimension should be around by any means, because it was a Miramax <laughs> subsidy and owned by Harvey Weinstein, and and, and mm-hmm. you know he can fuck off and die. Um, but I do miss the logo, <laughs> like like do, like for some reason that was always like this is a scream movie. The Dimension logo like comes up and. 
and just sits there. And I was so like, I watched it last night and I was like, oh, you know what? Because it starts doing the ring over, I think it's the Spyglass uh, logo. And I was like, this is just mm-hmm. so weird. <laughs> it's just, just felt out of place to me. <laughs> uh, you know, got so used to the, the nineties films with the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that written yeah, on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was something for me. I also, um, I, I do get a kick out of, uh, is Wes still bugging you and, and sort of the landline commentary that is going on in that first scene. Um, what do you mean? So- land- what do you mean? Wait, what do you mean landline commentary? So there's a there's a commentary. There's a running commentary on the fact that like she doesn't want to pick up the landline phone. She'd rather, you know, she's talking over uh she's texting. She's texting on the texting phone. Texting with, to... with her friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the friend. Uh, Amber. And um Yeah, and then uh she, you know, that's it. That's the commentary now, isn't it? Nobody uses a landline phone anymore. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's almost like the this mm-hmm. the scream the original scream movie is obsolete. So they've made this one mm. and they've called it the same name <laughs> to sort of replace mm. the other one. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just got a kick out of it. Like uh, it was just something that uh, uh, I saw there. Um, and then she talks about the, And then going back, like even that dimension stuff or whatever, the super nineties sort of overtones uh, or take it. Uh, Tara talks about uh, how they were all overlit and they had weird hair. This movie has a lot of jokes about <laughs> hair in it. Like, <laughs> it does. Like, there's it, there's one when um when Dewey's watching Gail on TV, like there's like a blinking and missing <laughs> moment where Gail says, "If I ever I'll get bangs get again, it's like someone, yeah, yeah or, or something like that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously a joke about Scream Three because everybody you know talks about how much her bangs in that movie sucked. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I, I get a kick yeah, out of it. Yeah. Well, it, it uh, like, but if you think about it, if you look at uh, the first Scream movie with um, Gail, Gail has sort of the, the weird Jennifer Aniston-esque bob going on. Mm. or No, that's the second one where she's got the bob, but she's got the, uh, in the first one, she's got like red highlights or something going on in the hair. Like it's it's weird. She's yeah. got a weird no, hair no, color. No, that, no that, that's the second one that she has those weird highlights, I think. No, I think the, I think it's the first one. Uh, um, I didn't get a chance to watch all of the movies this week. I did that before Scream, yeah. before this, before the movie that we're talking about came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I didn't do it this time around. Uh, I <laughs> I do go back to the first one quite often, though. Um, no, if you look at like the end of the movie, like it's brown, it's brown, but it's sort of an auburn. Like it's got like you know, and it, I think it's even got like streaks in it or something too. Um, but yeah, no, Courtney Cox has had some really strange hairdos in the scream movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah Yeah, and then okay so uh i'm saying i'm saying in this first scene by the way i've i've got literally (laughs) half a page written about the first scene oh man (laughs) yeah right um but okay then we take on the elevated horror uh sort Mm, of yes i i love the way this movie comments on elevated horror it's 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 great because it, it it's so on the it, it's 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 spot on, you know. Like what, yeah, it's sort of on the nose with it, but mm-hmm. it because it's telling yeah, you what yeah. this movie is, and it's like if you came mm-hmm. in here expecting you know the Babadook, you came to the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they're talking when 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 Tara explains what elevated horror, she says. It's like scary, but with complex emotional and thematic underpinnings. It's not just some schlocky cheeseball nonsense with wall-to-wall jump scares. 
you know, and then uh, um, and then Ghostface says he says that's a little fancy pants, and it sounds kind of boring to me, which you know is which is exactly what two horror fans would say. You know, you have the, the kind of pretentious one that talks about elevated horror, you know, and then the kind of your basic meat and potatoes slasher guy who says, oh, that's, you know, a bit fancy pants. I just want my, you know, basic, you know, slice and dice <laughs> stuff. You know, like it, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's perfect. You know, because I mean, I, I kind of fit into the, the, the slashers sort of like I, I'd rather, mm-hmm. I mean, I would much rather watch an 80s horror movie, something, <laughs> you know, light and stupid and, and big on gore and stuff like that versus mm-hmm. something that's a little, you know, slightly boring. And then we get something in the fi- last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of love for like, uh, Robert Eggers and, and Ari Aster do, but at the same time, sometimes I'm like, could you move it along a little bit? <laughs> That'd be um, well, I think, you know, I, I, I think this actually ties into to Dean's article about what to, you know, what to do when, when you're not scared anymore, because, because generally I, I think it's necessarily not scared as so much as it's, it's just bored. so so, i mean for for you maybe but 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 i think for 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 people who like those movies uh, me included um i think the 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 key is that when it's not scary it has to be telling a good story and granted granted we can disagree about whether it's a good story or not but i think that's really that's really the key is is it a good story no and i think that's what that's what makes up for it like don't get me wrong. Exactly. I, I loved Hereditary. I thought Hereditary was like awesome. Like I, I think mm-hmm. that that's it's really good. It hits all the right beats. I never found Hereditary to be boring. Midsummer, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I like a lot of what he's doing. I think mm-hmm. it could have been a little bit more. I think it could have been paced a little bit better. But then again, the the only version I've ever seen is a director's cut version, and I think oh, that was significantly longer. I've never seen that one. It is. Yeah, it so, is. yeah I've, I've never seen that one. Yeah, I, that was the only one I watched. I, I think I, I think it was on Apple TV, and I, I bought it through there, so I you know mm-hmm. ended up seeing that one. Um, but yeah, check out yeah, the theatrical it, cut. You might like it better. It might be better. Yeah, you might be right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. Like I, I like him a lot more than. Uh, Eggers did the witch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did the witch um, lighthouse. I, and I liked Ghost lighthouse. Movie. I thought it, even that had its, you know, so it it was more brooding. It, it was more tone, um, mm-hmm. it, which I I thought the witch was too. I thought the witch was a lot of brooding, dread ridden mm-hmm. tone, and I yeah, yeah. I liked the ending of the witch a lot. Like I think that's really like I think it's a really cool like mm-hmm. you just sort of mm-hmm. surprise, but it is. It, it's sort of like this two hour ride to this one place and it's like we like you know where it's going after a while and you're just you're like you're like okay just get there already <laughs> like you just want the the idea is like you're just watching this poor family suffer like more and more and more and more and you're just like, like you just feel helpless about it you're like god if only i could get them some corn you know <laughs> i mean that's what horror is all about you know not having corn yeah not not having corn <laughs> But anyway, back right. to Scream. Back to Scream. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. So that's what I have on, on pretty much the beginning. Do you have anything to add to, to that portion uh, of the film? 
Um, I like I like how it uses technology. I think that scene in particular, and just this movie in general, uses modern technology better than Scream Four did. You know, because because um, one of the things with Scream Four, Scream Four was kind of doing what this one does. You know, it's a sequel, but it's kind of a reboot with new characters. You know, um, and it, it, you know it, it, it it's about a new era in horror history. And, you know, it, it feels like, you know, new technology, you know, kind of what this new generation of, of high schoolers is doing. And I remember uh, even when I first watched it, 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 it just felt, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I really like Scream 4. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, I know it, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it's, it, it doesn't feel quite authentic. You know, like especially the kid who's like, he's videotaping everything for his vlog or whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess some people do that, but that, I don't know that it could be that I, I, even by, even at that point I was old and just out of it or whatever, but it, 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 it just, to me, to me, to me, that always just didn't really feel quite authentic. It's, ex- Whereas, it's extreme. I get what you're yeah, saying. It's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Over the top. It's, it's, yeah, extreme. yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. Whereas uh, this one, I think scream five, you know, uses modern technology that a lot of people actually use, you know, it, yeah. it feels more, more authentic. No. And I, we talked about this a few weeks ago too. Um, tragedy girls. Uh, mm, I think mm-hmm. tragedy girls is a better version of scream four than scream four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it does a lot of the same things with like the, you know, it uses Instagram. I don't necessarily know that Instagram was around during, or maybe it wasn't as popular. I remember when Instagram first came out, people were like, well, why do we need this? We you have Facebook. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of the opposite where it's like yeah. Instagram is bigger than, than yeah. Facebook. Is. And it's sort of mm-hmm. on par with, you know, Twitter, which is sort of t- tanking, <laughs> tanking itself. Um right, right. But yeah, and I think tra- I think Tragedy Girls just does a, a lot better job of like, it's also from the other perspective though, right? Like it's it's showing you the those two characters in Scream 4 that are doing all the, the you know, the vlogging and stuff. And it's basically showing it through their eyes as opposed to, mm. to going the other way. So it's it right seems right. a whole lot less extreme because we're following those people as opposed to like, oh yeah, we're going to have the big, murder party out at the barn and we're gonna put all the cameras up (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, and i kind of get it because it's sort of so let it's sort of in that weird phase of uh like when did that movie come out i want to say like 2011 which one scream four yeah scream four is 2011 yeah yeah um so it's sort of in that weird place with technology where it's like, we were just coming out of iPods. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and people didn't know how to use Spotify on their phone yet. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah. the thing. Like, 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 like I said, when we were discussing tragedy girls, you know, tragedy girls had much more established technology to work with. Whereas scream four was kind of, it was kind of right when all this stuff was just starting to get really big. And so it kind of had to almost guess at what people were actually going to end up doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get you. It's sort of filling in the gaps. That's sort of what I was getting at too. It's, it's sort of in between uh, technological, I, I said that wrong, <laughs> technology. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, different phases of technology. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's, 
I, I agree with you. I think that this movie uses technology brilliantly. I actually have that written down too, but it's, it was after something else. So I didn't <laughs> go there. Uh, mm-hmm. Interconnectivity with the doors locking through the cell phone is just. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great. But yeah, and that goes along with the landline commentary too. Cause it, it's almost yeah, like exactly. it's showing you the obsolete technology and it's showing you like the future technology. Uh, basically Tara does everything on her phone, right? Like just Mm -hmm. from there. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good little levity between, you know, coming out of scream four and going into scream five, because let's face it, eventually these will be marathoned and everything else. And it it is a sort of running little gag uh, between the two films. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. In the movie fall like the other thing I noticed like in the very beginning of this movie is everything's following the similar beats to the first one. And it's very much Oh, very like, much so, yeah. Yeah, like you know, The Force Awakens like sort of did the same thing where mm-hmm. I thought I think that follows it a little too rigidly um mm-hmm. into that sort of yeah, place. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of Star Wars references in this one, especially with, you know, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson ruining yeah. Yeah. The, the stab eight. Um <laughs> The knives out guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh yeah. And it is it's it's kind of funny because I defend the Last Jedi a lot. I think it's I think mm, it's actually mm. really good. Um, okay, but yeah, <laughs> I do. I think so. Once you get over the whole like Leia sequence, because I was like, don't get me wrong, I was really mad at the movie at that point. But I think the movie wants you to be mad at it. Like I think it wants to take you on this sort of diff. It wants to take you on a difficult journey because what it's trying to prove is that. Star Wars doesn't owe anything to the fandom. Uh, the fandom owes a lot to Star Wars, right? But it, it can't be yours is basically what it's saying is it has to be for everyone. And that's sort of the end of, of Star Wars. The last Jedi is when he doesn't take the broom and the broom comes to him and it says anyone, you know, it's basically like anyone can have the force. This the force is in all of us. Um, I love that. I love that concept. So, Okay. Uh, yeah, and it, it it is sort of there is a lot of meta commentary on Star Wars itself in there. So all right, fair enough. Fair. I mean, know, to, to be I, fair, I'm 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 not a I'm not really a big Star Wars fan. So that's fine. Like in I all really honesty, I wasn't a big fan of the Force Awakens because I thought it was I I was like I just watch a New Hope. It's the same movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was fun seeing you know uh, Han and and Chewie back together again. But other than that, mm-hmm. I really didn't you know. Mm-hmm. the new characters were fine i didn't have a problem with them or anything like that uh it just it just all felt the same it and mm-hmm. i get that you know those movies are meant to be a little cyclical and soap operish and and whatnot but uh i just thought that i think the force awakens is just kind of meh you know as opposed to it, it's enough. fine it's fun i can watch mm-hmm. it but uh, yeah, and then yeah. that last one that last one just i was like are you oh the rise of skywalker <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me and my brother well, had a lot of jokes about that. Anyway, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. to Star Wars talk at another time, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, on, on, on our other podcast, yeah, on our Star on our Star Wars park <laughs> podcast, pod racing podcast. Yep. Um. Yep. Yeah. All so right. let, let's get into let's get into the others. Okay, so follows the same base the original is what i was saying that's how we got off on this tangent of star wars but um mm-hmm. it, what it does like the the first scene is the kill scene which doesn't end in a kill and then it sort of moves into uh 
the scene the scenes from the first one that it moves into is the like outside of the school the hangout uh, with, with, scene, yeah we meet the character. with all the kids yeah and, it, it's the one where it's the one where Stu says his great line liver alone <laughs> Liver alone. <laughs> I love that line, but 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 yeah, but it, this one you get that same kind of scene where where all the kids are outside, um, just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it that's how. So for me, for a screen movie, that's always the fun part when we meet the characters because mm-hmm. they're essentially doing the Agatha Christie thing, right? Where they're setting up, you know, one of these people is not who they intend to be. And uh, mm-hmm. what I think Scream 5 does very well, because I didn't, like, this is the third or fourth time that I've watched this movie. I think it's the fourth. And I started noticing uh, the the little glances in the, the sort of back and forth that uh, Jack Quaid's character has with uh, uh, the, the other killer. Uh, what is what's oh, her uh, name? Amber. Amber. Um, yeah. yeah, so Amber and Richie have a lot of back and forth moments, like, early on, like, oh, well, where were you? I, you know, I was watching Netflix. I was being interviewed by the police, like, you know, mm-hmm. and you get, you get that sort of uh, alibi that they're sort of providing the alibi for each other, <laughs> oddly enough, mm-hmm. because they're getting it out of the way, you know, like they're telling you that the, that's where they were kind of thing. And there's mm-hmm. also like little glances, like the first time they meet, there's a weird moment where the camera lingers on Amber and Richie like back and forth. And if you're paying attention, you're probably going, wait a second. You know, like it's, it's there. Like it lingers mm-hmm. just an extra moment too long. And it's nuanced. And it, I just went, Oh, Hey, okay. So there's a lot of contextual clues that they knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. They knew who, who were going to be the killers from the start. So, right, right. um, I don't remember that, but okay. I'll feel like yeah, no, I'll if, if next time you watch it, see if you watch, catch yeah. it. Because, like, I sat there, yeah. and like I said, this is my fourth time watching it. So I uh, I just know, like, that's what I'm saying is I usually look at different things. And it's funny, the, the more often I watch this movie, the more often I, the more I like it, first of all. But it's also, like, it's a two-hour movie, and I feel like it goes by in a snap. Like, it's so quick. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. So the, the pace is freaking amazing <laughs> on Scream 5. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, and then, um, following similar beats, we even go back to, to, to Stu Mocker's house, Stu's at, house the at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so now that we're getting out of the, 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 uh, start of the film, uh, I want to talk about <laughs> Kyle Gallner's character, Vinny. Oh, he's the, the, the. He's, he's the like, punk he's, ass. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nephew or whatever. Who he's or, whose nephew? It, or it or Stu, he's connected to Stu Mocker somehow. He's is he? The, I don't yeah, think that's he, ever made clear. I um, oh no, it's totally made clear because because remember when they're talking to, when 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 Sam and Richie are talking to Dewey, they're like, oh, then you know why? Dewey says that all the victims are connected, you know, to the original killers or okay. the original crew, and then and they're like, oh, well, that. Well, you know, well then, why kill that that random guy? And then the dude's like, "Oh, that's for you to find out." And then later on, when they're at the the twins' house, uh, Randy's uh, niece and nephew. Um, yeah, I, I have their names: Chad yeah. and uh, Mindy. Mindy, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, well, yeah. When, when they have that big conversation, uh, someone mentions that they. Uh, I think it was 
it might have been it was either uh, Amber or, or Chad's girlfriend. I don't remember one of those two. I think Liv. Liv uh, is the is Chad's Liv, girlfriend. <laughs> okay, Liv. Yeah, I'm terrible with character names. No, I'm the same way. Yeah. I just I I kept writing yeah, yeah. certain things down. So yeah, yeah. I have, what, I have a lot of them listed here. One of them mentions that they Googled him, and specifically they say that he's he. It might have been nephew, but he's related to Stu Mocker. I forgot exactly how. Uh, I don't think I wrote that down. Um, but yeah, he, he's related to Stu somehow. So that's that's why he he gets killed. And from I remember reading that originally, in like the original script, he had a bigger role in the movie, but they, they cut it out. It's one of those things where, you know, they cut out a lot of it. So what's left in the movie seems kind of shoehorned in kind of awkwardly. Um, but it, it originally made does. more sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely it, is it, awkward. It, 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 because... I mean, we never get a sense of his character. It's just a whole bunch of people going, he's an asshole, and then yeah. he turns then he out to be an like asshole it. in the bar, <laughs> and then that's it. Like, and it's, then he gets killed, yeah. It's the, so that is the strangest character for me. I, like To me, I'm like, why do you even have that character there at all? Like It doesn't provide mm-hmm. anything except our first kill. That's it. That's yeah. all he's there for. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I wrote down. I have no idea why he's in here other than he's part of the body count, and he is. He's the first character to be killed. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah, so freaking expendable. Like we never. There's nothing there. I and I yeah, love Kyle is. Calder. I was so glad to see oh, that he was. He's in. great. He's great. Um, he's been in a bunch of really good stuff. Yeah. Well, the smile and the cleansing hour. And uh, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen Dinner in America, watch Dinner in America. That. that movie is so friggin' good. Um, okay. It's uh, so it's a really random indie film. I think the director did uh, like I think I think he did the bunny game. I want to say before that, which was a horror movie. This is more of a punk rock movie. Uh, I wouldn't say it has horror elements, but it definitely has uh, sort of that suburban dystopia uh, mm-hmm. element going for it. And it is so much fun. It is freaking funny as hell. Uh, I've seen it a few times. I saw it at a festival a few years ago and it finally, like it showed up on Hulu one night and I was like, holy shit. Yes. <laughs> I was okay. like, yes, please. I just I threw it on immediately. Cause that's how freaking good it is. Um, okay. What, what's it called again? Dinner in America. Dinner in America. I'll check yeah. That and he is, he is freaking awesome at it. Uh, Kyle okay. Gallner is, is fantastic. Okay. At it. Um, okay. All right, so then, okay, so after we get through all that, we finally get to uh, Sam and Tara's reunion mm. at the mm-hmm. hospital. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird because it plays on the idea that, that Sam becomes a victim uh, after Tara's accident. And I'm always like, like when I watch the scene, because Tara reacts appropriately, she's like, She's like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> like, why would you tell me any of this? Because she reveals that, you know, Billy Loomis is her dad. And, oh, well, uh, no. Well, she well, broke up the family. And so well, she that's decided- not that's not in the initial meeting between Sam and Tara. That no, that's real up. quick. That's real quick. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that's right before the, all the, the stuff with Vinny. Like we mm-hmm. sort of get a cutaway from them at school and then they go They're at the, uh, the bar. Or maybe it's maybe it's opposite. Maybe we get them at the thing first, and then they're at school. I, I don't know which, but it's it's all sort of pieced together there, even though it doesn't necessarily need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Also, I did find funny uh, when uh, Sam and Richie enter the the Woodsboro. After we see the entering Woodsboro sign, the next time they cut away to the road, we see an Elm Street sign. Um, oh, really? I, so, I yeah, I got, I got a kick out of that. I'd never noticed it before. Okay. It's just a nice little yeah, Easter yeah. egg. Um, oh, nice. So there's a lot of like little Wes Craven stuff. Like, I mean, her name is Sam yeah. Carpenter. There's also some John Carpenter stuff. Yeah. In well, it. well there, there's a there's a kid there's a kid named Wes. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. pretty obvious, yeah. and I mean that's and, why there's and, all that four West stuff. It's extremely I, exactly, exactly four West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in, in in the party at the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. All right, so so let, let let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dewey because Dewey is one of my favorite characters in this franchise. Uh, him and Randy are probably my two favorites overall, and I love him in this movie. Although I have one Why? issue, because he's the Randy in this movie. <laughs> I mean, he kind he kind of is. He kind he of does. Yeah, well, yeah. Think about it. Like the first time that they come to him, he's dodgy about letting them in because he knows what that means. He knows that he's getting mm-hmm. involved and he's coming back into the franchise. And the second thing that he tells them is there are certain rules that There's one must rules, abide yeah. by to mm-hmm. do the to do a reboot yeah, yeah. sequel and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. and that's sort of the the idea is we get we get that sort of randy-esque uh set mm-hmm. like i think randy permeates throughout this movie first of all oh, there are many does. characters that yeah. are randy including yeah, yeah. his uh well, it, niece and nephew it's primarily i think dewey and mindy you know because yeah because mindy because Mindy's a super fan who explains, you know, requel rules and what what that means and and blah blah blah. Um, Counterpoint: right. Chad also has the moment where uh, he tells Liv his his pseudo girlfriend uh, when oh, she proposes, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> at the sex upstairs. <laughs> that he's like, yeah. I don't know that you're not the killer. Exactly. <laughs> like it's right, not no, no. like it's not like we can't have sex because this is you know it's a bad situation kind of deal right, like oh right. there's a killer around if we have sex that probably may you know it's not the same situation that it is in the first one where it's mm-hmm. like uh sex is a death sentence um right, right. so in this one it's i don't know you're not the killer and i, <laughs> I think that that's hilarious yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> i mean yes yes you know they're they're there are elements of Randy in other characters, but I think the two who, who are most Randy-like are Dewey and Mindy. Um, but with Dewey, like, I, 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 love, I, I, I love the character, so I love seeing him in this movie. I love pretty much everything he does. But I have one issue with, with, with the way they treat him in this movie. It's the way they explain his breakup with Gail. Well, first of all, just the fact that he broke up with Gail. I'm not a big fan of because they have because him and Gail they have this whole like will they or won't they on again off again thing throughout the whole entire franchise. You know, like yeah, I, I, it, it's in every single movie. And then finally in number four, they're married, they're together. All right, you know, they got their happy ending or you know, quote unquote happy ending. And then in this one, oh, they're divorced again. Or not divorced again, but they're they're you know separated again. And not only that, but the way he left her, like just he left in the middle of the night without telling her, that that's not Dewey. He ghost faced at her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, I mean, they 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 really did him dirty. I kind of consider this to be sort of a, a pseudo narrative of their own relationship, like in real life, because I mean, I mean they were, yeah, they, there was a lot of turmoil, and they were when they were married, and they ended up divorcing. And I, yeah. I think it's great that they're still friends enough to to be able to do the movie. And but I think mm-hmm. that also helps their characters because they can put a little bit more of themselves into those roles. Um, mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I sort of like the narrative that Dewey had left. Uh, but also, we also get the, and this is probably the establishing point for Scream 6, uh, and why they end up in New York is Gail is in New York mm-hmm. um, doing the show. So that's probably our launching off point for the next film. But I mean, it could be, but you could still have that without be, Dewey anything. leaving I mean, in the middle of the night. You really haven't. I mean, these trailers are telling us nothing, and I kind of, I, mean, exactly. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Well, no, 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 it's not that they're telling us nothing. They're telling us very little. But even yeah. the little they tell us, we don't know if we can trust it. Yeah. No, I'll agree you know? with that. Yeah, we don't know. We know nothing yet, and I kind of, yeah, yeah, I just, exactly. you know, which is great. Like, which is I'd, great. I would rather a trailer tell me a little to nothing than mm-hmm. than just. Yeah, exactly. Put it all out there for me. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm quite okay with that. But I will talk about like I do think that uh, so it is. It's absolutely uh, gut wrenching, uh, which is probably the wrong term to use. But oh no, it's the when, right term to use. It's the exact <laughs> right word. It's it's a little too literal. Uh, when uh, Dewey dies in, oh, at, uh, at the end of the second act, man, um, I I get why they what? do it. But, yeah, no, I know why they do, and I mean that's the whole thing is that anyone is. Yes, it is. It's absolutely it's, it's right like uh, like my, your heart sinks every time I've watched it. I like I'm on the fourth time watching it, and every single time I'm like, no, be different, you know. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it is. It, it's it's absolutely devastating, uh, and it, it's the the it's the first time I think that we get that since Randy. That's a you know. Uh, mm-hmm. In Scream Two, yeah. I don't think that there's another character in either Scream Three or Scream. Maybe Kirby in Scream Four, um, I, but not to the of, same extent. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's not, it's not to because the same she extent. was never a survivor from any of the other movies. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, just Randy and Dewey are the only ones. But I think I, I kind of think that uh, the the directors and writers here do the right thing because you know they keep making this this point, especially in this movie, is how many times can you be attacked and be fine? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that effect, <laughs> I do get a kick out of the fact that both Gail and uh, Sydney at the end of the film are sitting on the edge of an ambulance. One's shot, the other's been stabbed in the gut, and they're both just sitting there. They're not in an ambulance. Like, wouldn't you be, like, I would be, I, I mean, maybe I don't have the high tolerance for pain that, well, you're clearly just a whoosh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm like, she's been shot. She's been stabbed. They're both bleeding out. Like, maybe mm. get in the ambulance. <laughs> I, it, Don't it's sit just on the flesh. side. Get in the it, goddamn ambulance. It's it, fine. It's just, flesh, it's just a flesh wound, Sean. Come on. <laughs> but uh, maybe at the same time, they don't want to pay for the ambulance because, let's face it, healthcare is... It, uh, it could be that, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I do. I always find that funny at the end of the movie. Um, I have we're sort of jumping around here, so I've got my mm-hmm. got my notebook wide ass open. Um, I want to talk about the meta commentary on fandom in this movie too, um, 
from everything. Uh, it, it, it sort of self-deprecates itself. It sort of does, you know, it goes into the other, we've already talked about Star Wars and everything else, but it talks about toxic fandom uh, for what it is. And I mean, I think that this has been mm, a reality yes, for a lot yes. of uh, Star Trek people for a long time that have just said, I don't want to do Star conventions Trek? anymore, <laughs> you know, to that aspect. Oh, yeah, um, that's what you're saying. Like, I think that you can love a thing. Uh, I don't, I think that there is, there i like i think uh richie says how can how can you love a thing too much or whatever at the end how can fandom be toxic i think that that is exactly it is you clearly found a way to spoil your own fandom by by taking other people's lives you know once you start mm-hmm, hurting people for your that's own when fandom, it becomes toxic uh yeah, then yeah yeah there's there's a problem i remember getting to a fight with somebody online i know yeah i know you're probably thinking you probably do that a lot, Sean. It doesn't happen as often as you think. Um, I got a, I got an invite on Facebook to a, a trailer premiere for Batman versus Superman. This is this is I mean clearly like oh, ten boy. years ago or whenever the, that the was. Dark Ages. Um, twenty sixteen. <laughs> twenty sixteen. My yeah. God. Um, yeah. So. I got I got an invite to it, and I so everybody in the chat is going, "Oh, it's gonna be so great!" It was a trailer premiere. To it was you're gonna you're gonna get a ticket that says you might be able to get in to see the trailer. Um, <laughs> you're gonna stand in line for like an hour. You're gonna go watch something that, and I think that they said that they had like behind the scenes looks and everything afterward too. But like, okay, so you're gonna stand in there, you're gonna watch all this advertising for the movie, but you're not seeing the movie. So I wrote, all right, oh, that's great. You know what? I'll catch it on YouTube in an hour, an hour later. <laughs> and so yeah. it was like, how dare you? Ooh. And I was like. I was like, because uh, I can, I could, I could just watch it on YouTube an hour <laughs> later. I don't have to go to yeah, a theater. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to spend money on popcorn or anything like that to watch a three-minute trailer. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I'm yeah. like, I, I, that's where I was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. And it, it was really a lot of those much. people that were fighting so hard for the DCU to be good that that's where mm-hmm. you know this is where we've ended up. Um, but I do get a kick out of uh, it, going back to Scream the movie uh, sort of ties ties one on itself. Uh, you know, Stab 8 was such a huge failure. Why did they even call it Stab? They just called it Stab. They just call it Stab 8. You know, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. it sort of just takes jabs at itself and, and the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, what they're doing in the first place. Um, well, I think them calling the movie Scream is already a commentary on how a lot of movies do that, like Candyman, Halloween... I, yeah. Oh no, I, I, I get it. Uh, you know, head, um, but, but yeah, you know. So but, it's, it's not so much taking a stab at itself. Oh, it's it's but it's self. I'm not saying that it's taking a stab at itself, but it is self-implicating. Like it's it's saying we did it too, but it's to be part of the joke. it's taking a stab. Yeah. Thank you for joining me in puns. Okay. I know it took a lot out of you for that. It did. It did. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so uh, 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 something else about Dewey. I had this here. I was going to get to it, and I never did. Um, the, I think the reason that Dewey's death hits us so hard is the scene before that, 
when they're out on the street and uh, Sam realizes that Tara's uh, unattended and she wants to go to the hospital and make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. Dewey doesn't miss a beat. He just jumps right into her car and says, let's yeah. go, you know? Um, well, well, he, I mean, he, he looks at Gail because he's, he's kind of conflicted. He's like, should I stay and make sure Gail's okay? Or should I go with Sam to help her protect Tara? He does, but so I he's also... conflicted for a little bit, but then, you know, he, he very quickly decides that I also like. I think that you can take that sort of scene in a in a few different ways, and and it's funny because that that the way that you're seeing it is is probably more along the lines of what is aligned by, you know, sort of what the movie intends. I didn't. I I've never seen it that way. I always think he really? looks at her and she's doing the broadcast, and he's like, "I don't want to be like that." Like it's it's just like New York again, you know, where she's putting she's putting everything into her career and not into other people. And he doesn't want to be like that. And he goes into the car and he's like, I'm not going to be like that. So that, that's how I've always seen it. Maybe you're, you know, maybe your okay, perspective is yeah. correct. Like I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've always seen it a different way, man, but yeah. I mean, that, that, that's great. The, the movie doesn't really tell us what's going through. It. No, it's, it's a nuance. It's, it's a feeling you know, it's, you know, that, and that's the thing is yeah, yeah. it's for us to decide on. And that's sort of, you know, I like that so much better than just outright telling people. Like, mm-hmm. you get so much more yeah, from yeah. an inference, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what else? What else do we have here? All right. Um, uh, so, <laughs> I guess we can talk about the broad daylight killing of Judy Hicks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That... That is such a great kill. Like she's running up to the house. You know, she you know, like, like she gets a call. You know, in the car, that Ghostface is gonna kill her son. She turns the sirens on, speeds back to the house, gets out, runs to the door, and then boom, Ghostface jumps out from behind the bushes and just stabs her. That that it's the that is best kill in the movie. Awesome. <laughs> it's it, awesome. It's maybe the best kill in the movie because it's so freaking surprising. And then yeah. they. Then they troll you for the next like two minutes with uh, Dylan <laughs> Vignette with like yeah, setting yeah. the table for sushi. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, you did <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got yeah, our exactly, hopes up. Exactly. You, you brought them back down with like this, yeah, yeah. Just, this stupid little uh, <laughs> tension. Like just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. it's great. It's fantastic. Um, I remember yeah. when this movie was in theaters, I saw it twice. I saw it once by myself opening night. And then I saw it once a week or two later with uh, with some friends of mine, and uh, and and one of them like I remember specifically watching her during that scene because I knew she was a big scaredy cat, and so and so every time like he opened the door and you were expecting Ghostface to jump out, she looked like she was about to jump out of her skin, and then every time he didn't jump out, she calmed down. And just went through that cycle over and over again. And I, it was awesome watching it, it. Like, better than the actual movie. <laughs> it's literally what they say at the beginning, right? With the, the uh, commentary oh, on... It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, on not on elevated cars. Just, just a bunch of jump scares. It's yeah. just a bunch of stringed along jump scares, right? And that's all they're doing <laughs> is they're stringing you along. But they're not giving you the jump scares. Yeah, exactly, so is this elevated exactly. horror now? You know? Totally. Like, Totally. It's yeah. it's I think it's funny because it is like it meta explains itself, it does everything. It really does like it fits the elevated horror uh definition that Tara gives, but it's still a slasher play. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's great. It's it great. Is. It's, it's so it's so much fun. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I remember seeing this the first night that it opened and I wrote I wrote the first review for it, which was the spoiler free review yeah, yeah. That, uh, that we got. And then a few days later, someone else wrote a, you know, spoiler full review. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I think was a good way to do this because, you know, people kind of want both. People want to talk about stuff that they've seen, but people also don't want to be spoiled mm-hmm. if they haven't seen it. And I, I kind of, I right, like right, exactly. that for the, this, this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that yeah, we're going to yeah. do that for the, the next one, but <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, probably not right away, but, um, I know I'm reviewing it. You're doing the spoiler free review, and then I think Andrew said, "Are you doing spoiler free, or are you doing? Are you just going to go into it?" Yeah, spoiler free. Yeah, no, no, spoiler free. And then I think Andrew said he'll probably do something spoiler full a few weeks late, a few weeks afterwards. I I think he said it, something like that. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll have somebody write something about it at some point eventually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to discuss. I've seen some of the rankings so far. Um, uh, the, the person that sends us all our, uh, screen box screener, uh, said it wasn't as good as five, but it's, but it's right next to it. Like, Mm, uh, still makes it better than three and four. Um, I feel like your ranking of the scream franchise is exactly correct. Like that's the way that I've seen it. I think that's Mm -hmm. the way a lot of people see it. You know, kudos to you. You did a good job. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. I hear that a lot, but you know, I never, I, I never. Get Not from me. It. Never. From <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All um, right. Uh, so we're we're kind of going a bit long now. So you want to kind of talk about the ending and the killers and everything, or is is, is there anything? Is, is there anything you you really dying to mention? So I did want to talk about a couple of things that really got me that I really, you okay. know, you never, you don't really notice unless you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Dewey and Sydney don't have a scene together in the movie. They no. only talk over the phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because she, she shows up after he dies. Oh, she shows up, she shows up because he dies. Because he dies. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. we never get uh, this. The last scene with Sydney and Dewey together is somewhere in stream four. Stream four. Yeah. Um, yeah it's probably uh, the, 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 the hospital scene when they when they kill emma roberts oh yeah probably it's probably somewhere in there yeah that you know what's funny about that scene is uh my brother at one point says to me uh you know what i really can't stand about scream for is that here is this you know emma roberts is probably you know 30 pounds lighter than nev campbell and there she is swinging her feet off the ground right into (laughs) a yeah medicine cabinet in scream four and i go yeah, you're right. That's a little unbelievable, but little okay. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's get to the ending. We're at Stu Marker's house, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We're back at the scene where you know it all started. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a really good uh, clue here too about who the killers are. Uh, okay. Right when they enter the house, mm-hmm. um, the first thing that Amber does when they enter the house is all right, everybody out. (laughs) So you go, okay. So you've got one of the killers in the car with them and you've got one of the killers of the house. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we're at there. There's also the scene where uh, somebody goes down to get beers and it's the same, you know, I'll be right back. Um, (laughs) Oh, uh, we get that. We we got Richie actually saying it, but we actually have, uh, 
Mindy and Amber doing a, a sort of new scene, even though Amber is sort of fitting the uh, Rose McGowan role yeah, yeah. in this uh, one, Tatum. Uh, where she's going down to, to the, the basement yeah, yeah. to get the beer. Mm-hmm. Also, when they come back with the beer, and this is this one really got me because I just started giggling. I was like, I didn't notice it before, but it's really silly. She brings up two beers. <laughs> Somebody asks her to go get beer. They go down. They get two beers and they come back up. Wouldn't you bring a whole bunch to to fill the fridge? That's what Rose McGowan did in the original, right? She had like a whole like armful of stuff before she got chased around by Ghostface. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you're just bringing up two beers then. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, There's that scene um, once everybody leaves where uh, where Mindy's watching Stab. And she's watching the scene where Randy, you know, at the end of Stab, is watching Halloween. And she's yelling at the screen, telling him to turn around. Just like how Randy, in that scene, is telling Jamie Lee Curtis to turn around. Yeah. You know, like... It's and then I like that they changed it. I like that she she gets to turn yeah. around and, and, you and know, actually gets, something gets different. stabbed. But I, I like I like that. I like the little bit of nostalgia and then going mm-hmm. like in a completely opposite direction. I think yeah, that yeah. works so much better for, for these kind of films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so what what did you think of the two killers? So <laughs> I was really sad that it like and it's it's really funny because he actually says it in the movie like exactly how I, I felt it is uh, when Richie when he goes I know it sucks it's me you know because mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. he's like one like I mean from the boys and everything else like there's a whole oh, lot of stuff great. that I've seen him I love that I, him I really enjoy him in and I was like oh he's gonna be a part of this franchise now that's great mm-hmm. and then it's like oh no he isn't <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, I know Amber. Yeah. Amber, I had never, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. I don't know that I know her very much from, from any other films, but I liked her in this role. I thought she did a very, very great job with it. And, um, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to miss her character as much because I don't think that we really got anything more than her sort of being, uh, Tara's like sort of sidekick. Well, or yeah, like like, like overprotective um, keeper or whatever like yeah. she's i mean she's sort of there like as a protectorate almost mm-hmm. like anything you need you know and that's the only kind of personality trait that we really get from amber um aside from a few times that end. we see her at the end um yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah like we really get a, a sense for who she is when it, she turns out to be the killer yeah 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 for 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 me uh, i'm 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 with you that Richie is a great character throughout the entire movie. And when he, when we find out that he's the killer, like, yeah, it sucks that he's not going to be with us anymore, but I think he's great as a villain. Um, For me, I would say that he's probably the best villain since Billy and Stu. Or the best killer since Billy and Stu. No, no. Because I would even put, like, for me, I put Billy and Stu behind... um, Oh no! Who's better than uh, what's his and name in two? I think no. no he, I think I, I think him and in, in, uh, Timothy Oliphant in in Scream Two Mickey crushes and, that character. Uh, Mickey, Mickey, no, hold on, hold on. Let me get this Mickey's out. Mickey's good. Mickey, 
he is. He, he's. I think he's fucking incredible because he also, and this is the first time that I, I had seen Timothy Oliphant really in anything. Mm-hmm. So like he has this really like sort of cool collected calm about him, sort of a little bit of ragged intensity, like in the beginning parts of that. But like when he lets loose and he's like, there's gonna be a trial. And he's like, <laughs> he like just gets like super like yeah. into it. Um, which is basically him trying to pull the Stu Mocker because he's yeah. not the Loomis character in Scream 2. Right, right. <laughs> I think he nails it. I think Mickey is oh, such he, a good villain. He, he, he is, he is. But but Richie, I don't know, just uh, he he's he's more he's good. Na- like he's don't get me wrong. Natural, I, 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 think, I do I like crazy let's face person. it, we're not gonna we're not going to put, uh, you know, Scream 3's uh, brother oh, into the mix. I thought that that plot was so freaking stale. Don't, don't even talk um, about that. <laughs> that. And we're not going to put the, the bad guys from 4 in they're, they're fine, yeah. that assessment either. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, you know, even it's in, mad. they're mad. Even in 2, I um, think Billy Loomis's mother is kind of, yeah, she's fine. The thing about Billy Loomis's mother that I really like in Scream 2 is that she's there the entire time, but we very rarely notice her because she's made to be a background character. Mm -hmm. We don't think that we should be following her story at all because we think that she's just an extra. And I kind of, I kind of like that, but it's also kind of a a fast one, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. You're kind of like, come on, man, you know? Um, So... Like I get it, I, I and I like Laurie Metcalf a lot. I I think mm-hmm. that she's wonderful, and I I was happy to see her in Scream Two, uh, but I thought her role should have been bigger. I just yeah, I would have liked. To I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey, on the other hand, I think is a pure psychopath, and I love Timothy Oliphant. Mickey, <laughs> Mickey is great. Mickey is great, but but for me, I thought for me, I think output Richie just a little bit above him. Um, I think Richie just something about him just feels more natural as a psychopath you know i i don't know i don't don't get that from richie at all and i think that's the best part about him being the killer is the fact that i see him like you're supposed to see him as sort of a non-threat um he's in the boyfriend role the boyfriend role is tired as shit right so you're not you're not expecting him to be anything more than just this lovable dope who's never seen a stab movie and then all of a sudden becomes obsessed with them <laughs> right, right overnight. And that's kind of the greatest part about his arc is how well he's carrying the fact that he's always been a stab fan and now he gets to talk about mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I do, I like him a lot, but I like him. I like him as a character first and as a villain, maybe second. So I'll give you that. Like, I'll give I, you that. Yeah. I love the fact yeah, yeah. that, you know, I love the fact that he's the killer because mm-hmm. we really don't see it coming. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Well, I, well actually, actually, I disagree with that because the first time I saw it, I called him being the killer, and here's why. Here's why. So in the scene where before Dewey dies, right? So when 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 Ghostface is attacking Tara and 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 Richie's there, Ghostface slashes his arm, Richie's arm, kind of like the boyfriend in Scream Two, and then yeah. and then kind of just throws him to the ground and doesn't kill him, and then goes after Tara instead. Even though Tara was, you know, Ghostface could have very easily killed Richie and then gone after Tara because she was totally helpless. And what? And, yeah, what, and I, once Ghostface didn't kill him, I figured he was probably the killer. No, and and I probably you're probably right. I probably did this too. And I think if I go back to my notes from when we first saw it, um, maybe maybe something says otherwise. But for me, in that scene, uh, this last time that I watched it. 
I get the sense that it's supposed to be the the sort of false choice, like um, that they're putting on to Sam. Like she has a choice in who she could choose. Like if she just was like Richie, kill Richie, Richie, mm-hmm. kill him. Mm-hmm. Like what would have <laughs> what would have transpired from that? I also think, um, and I kind of hope that at some point Scream takes this idea and, and does it because I think it would be fantastic. Is if they killed one of the killers, like. Uh, halfway through and you're like hmm. oh you know like you just you sort of get that but there's still one running around like mm-hmm. you know that there's another one because there's always another one <laughs> I mean there isn't always another one well not they in three that. but we don't <laughs> like three <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do also I think that this movie does a lot for the reprieve of a lot of the Scream sequels um, uh, especially like with Scream 3 it has a lot of fun with the audience about bangs and uh mm-hmm. What was it uh, Chris is Sydney's husband and and Martha Wait, Randy's no, sister comes uh, back. Mark is Sydney's husband. Is it Mark? I, I wrote down yeah. Chris. I don't know what I was thinking. I Pretty probably sure it's Mark. just. Wasn't <laughs> but it, it's attention. the guy from Scream Three, yeah, the, the cop. Yeah, it's the guy from Scream Three. But yeah. it, you know, it t- that's kind of what I like about this is a, as sort of a requel and a reboot and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it still uses all of the films that it's that have led up to this one, mm-hmm. and yeah, I yeah. think that that's. I think that that's important because we don't get that very often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And especially with it being called scream, you're thinking, Oh, we're starting over again, you mm-hmm. know, and, and to Which an extent, we, we, we kind of, of are. are. So, yeah. You know, we're getting a whole new cast and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. everything there's, there's, else, there's, but there's a new core four. Yeah. <laughs> core four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that what we're, that what we're, we're labeled? That's the best label. Yeah. <laughs> I heard at least one person call them that, and now I am too. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. At least you admitted it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I can't knock you if you tell yeah. the truth. Yeah. Uh, I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> J.P. George Washington Nunez. That's that's me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, um, I did want to. There's a inconsistency. Uh, Sam, Sam throws a lamp at uh, at the at Ghostface at one point. And then uh, she picks up a lamp without a shade, but Chad left with that uh, lamp stick uh, or candlestick or whatever it is. Uh, I thought it was a lamp without a shade on it, but it could have been mm. a candlestick, I suppose. Um, oh, she picks it up and, and starts to wield it, but he had already left with it when uh, when Mindy told him to take it's something it, to protect himself. Yeah, to, uh, take a weapon uh, when he goes. It's to the look same item. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't so notice, I noticed that. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking um, of Sam, you know who we haven't talked about? Billy Loomis. How'd they bring him back? Yeah. We have to at least... So, yeah, Billy Billy is a ghost him. in this movie. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, when I, when I saw they brought him back, my first thought was, okay, great. Billy's back. This is awesome. There's no way they bring back Billy Loomis, but not Stu Mocker. And you know what they did? They brought back Billy Loomis, but not <laughs> Stu Mocker. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, maybe Susan Six. Um, Honestly, part of me thinks he might be, because I think they could do some. They could do some really fun stuff with, uh, you know, that character. I mean, if they're gonna do what they did in, you know, Scream Five with Billy, they Mm -hmm. could probably do something. Some, yeah, I mean, well. they, 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 could, they could figure um, something. And I mean, I think that's just because everybody loves Matthew Lillard. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's great. Just like, he's, he's great. Oh, like, in all honesty, I love him and everything. And oh. that's, I, I'm very uh, happy that more people have sort of caught on that train because I, I, I've loved, mm-hmm. I've really loved his character in 
the oh ever the first since the beginning movie, yeah. and him going like, Scooby Doo and then Thirteen Ghosts and mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, yeah. I'm just all in. I'm like, he's he's the best. He's the only good part about Thirteen Ghosts. He really is, and he's and it's not the the problem is is he makes that character work. That character sucks. Okay, <laughs> like if you really think about it, all he does is bitch and whine the entire time mm-hmm. in that movie. Like, oh, what are you doing? You know, like there's ghosts. You should get mm-hmm. out of here. You know, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like he's just he, and that's it. Is his character kind of stinks, but he does a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Uh, I also want to talk about. Um, Sam's kill scene of Richie, right, where she just mm. goes ham on him and just mm-hmm. you know stabs him. And then, then did it, and then when she's Sam, she lifts up the knife, just like just like Ghostface in the original, the opening the, kill yeah, with yeah, the yeah. knife. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thing with that is, I go, there's not a court in this world <laughs> that that wouldn't convict you <laughs> of murdering wow. that man after like like 19 stabbings <laughs> like you got well to i mean like how does how do gail and Sydney not enter that room and just go holy shit <laughs> i mean they both went there specifically to kill the killers yeah so yeah. like don't get me wrong that was a murder party that you like at the end yeah. of this movie is, is a bit of a snuff film <laughs> i mean i wouldn't go that far <laughs> But well, it's it's murder on film, you know. Like, I mean, but fine. No, it's, it's not real the other part of the stuff film, but it's that's <laughs> it. Um, City and Guild, yeah, I mean, it's at the yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I mean, there, there's so much more we could talk about, but you know, I think I, I think that just tells you how great this movie is that we've been talking for an hour about it. And we've barely scratched Literally the surface. Literally just an hour about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've um, barely scratched the surface. You know, um, yeah, it, it, no, this is a I great agree. movie. There's, there's also, I did want to, there's one other thing that I've got written down that I, I mm-hmm. did want to mention. And that was, uh, uh, there's some sort of uh, stupid uh, moments in this movie on purpose. Okay. Uh, like uh, Judy telling her son, telling Wes to, uh, Go take a shower. I'll be back soon. It's very like Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, oh, there's a killer hanging around. All right, I'm just gonna just gonna go to the shower. And it's a, <laughs> but I like the fact that it's sort of a role reversal because it's usually like a girl going to the shower and like that's how they they fit in the fact that they're gonna there's gonna be nudity in the movie. Mm-hmm. And instead, we get uh, Dylan Mignette going in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in there instead, and it's it's a guy moment as opposed to a girl moment. And we sort of get that one more time at the end with Chad going live live out in the uh oh yeah yeah when he's looking for her mm-hmm. uh and it's it's pretty ironic that he doesn't live wait you mean he does live? <laughs> pun intended no he does live chad doesn't live does he yeah he does does he get wheeled out of there yeah him mindy tara and sam are the the new core four chad chad mindy tara and sam oh yeah maybe yeah. Okay. I I thought he died, but anyway, he has he has, he has a kill scene. He no, just I'm 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 pretty sure that when they when they wheel him out, he even gives the camera a thumbs up. Maybe he does. <laughs> I was I was exhausted last night when I oh, finished it. Man. I finished it at twelve thirty. So. Oh, Sean, Sean. I uh, I had a um, I I did a Miskatonic Institute a lecture last night. Okay. Uh, very interesting. Uh, body how horror through devotion. Um, through devotion 
yeah through devotion like body horror through devotion like i will get i will bleed for you kind of uh uh lecture it, it was good it um uh, relied on okay. like stuff like martyrs um what was the claire dennis film uh trouble oh trouble every day something yes trouble every day yeah, yeah. and um it, 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 they even talked about passion of the christ and how mm. you know how that could mm. fit to a horror scheme too as being uh, brutalistically it, horror. in a sense um and it was it was a very interesting conversation um so i i really enjoyed that then uh after that i i ended up uh <laughs> i ended up meeting uh kier legendese um, online uh she she was inviting people from the lecture to go and uh she has a little uh, website set up for uh do you remember have you ever used gather before it's like a nope. little like it's almost like a video game thing but like it's a way for people to meet and during the pandemic a lot of horror uh festivals were using them for people to congregate okay uh, i ended up meeting her in one of these there was like three of us in there and i'm like i'm just sort of like walking around because you know i was invited i was like all right i'll go check it out you know and yeah, I ended up having a very nice conversation with the uh, director of uh, Woodlands Dark. Oh, the, cool. the 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 documentary. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, uh, she, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She also wrote the the House of Psychotic Women book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never yeah, read yeah, it, but so I've, it was, I've heard of it. It was very yeah, it was, uh, it was very nice. Book. So cool. Um, cool. Shout out to to Kira Legend. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up I ended up watching this after and. Okay. It got late. It just got late. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. All but, right. Yeah, oh. that that is Scream Five. Yep. And we're super ready for Scream Six uh, now, uh, JP. Man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh by the time you guys listen to this episode, um me and Sean will both seen it. Uh hopefully my review will be up on, on the website. Um I'm hoping to get it done that same night when I see it, but we'll see how it goes. Um I hear you. When I did uh, when I did the Scream Five review, I, I think I put it in at four o'clock in the morning, got a two hour nap, and went to work. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So all right, well, Sean, this has been fun as always. Yeah. And, uh, all you guys listening, thank you for staying with us for about five hours. Um, <laughs> it's not that bad. A um, bit of a long episode, but, but it was worth it. Uh, JP, what are we do? I think uh, it's your pick next. Oh, we did this one special is, for, for screen fans. Pick. Okay, so next week, you guys. Two weeks. Next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks from now, you guys are in for a treat. Because we're going to be discussing Bloodsucking Bastards. If you guys haven't seen this movie, I'm pretty sure you can watch it just about anywhere. Tubi, Amazon Prime, I don't know anywhere else pretty much i own it so oh, yeah, <laughs> i too. saw this when it came out I, I uh yeah uh, to get you involved pedro pascal is in it guys yeah he's uh if, if you're last of us fans if you're mandalorian fans it, it, go it, check it out it's basically um office space with vampires yeah pretty much well, that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> i love this movie it's it's one of my favorite like i love vampires and this is just what is one of my favorite vampire movies. So I'm super excited to talk about it. I haven't seen this since since it came out, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to watching it. Yet. So yeah, it's, yeah. So great. all right, and uh, as always, you can find our writings on horrobsessive.com, um, and that's it. So uh, come back and join us in two weeks to hear us talk about bloodsucking bastards. All right.
All right. Have a good night, guys, or good day, or good whatever. Bye. Bye. <laughs>